if the U.S. government, the media, the legal system, and the church can't keep democracy alive. It's time for a state sale, a podcast on American democracy, because America is better than this. Welcome to a state sales first episode in the Joe Biden era where truth is once again king and Donald Trump is hopefully going to jail. <laughs> yeah, right. It's a whole new world, Brad. Whole new world. <laughs> Today, we want to reflect on the inauguration and the promise of hope we now have thanks to new leadership that is far more reflective of the America we actually are rather than the one Republicans spent the last four years wishing we were and trying to make us be. But thankfully, goodness prevailed and we now have an America ready to be a democracy once again. God, isn't it just unbelievably nice to say that? I mean, yeah. I, I, I honestly don't think, you know, the people who are kind of tepid Trump supporters, I don't think they have any idea how legitimately scared we were that he was going to do something like, like, you know, nuke something or just start a war with Iran. I mean, a lot of people were convinced he was going to, you know, hand Biden a, an ongoing hot war. It didn't feel like it actually would come to fruition. It just felt like it was always possible. I mean, that capital insurrection was all because of the big lie. That's all that was. I mean the Pod Save America guys were on with Stephen Colbert. Stephen Colbert asked him their favorite performance. John Lovett said, well, I feel, you know, as a gay man, I have to pick Lady Gaga, but really the one I want to choose is the fact that Ted Cruz and Kevin McCarthy just strolled in and, you know, after having voted against democracy a week ago, we let them show up. <laughs> like, yeah, it is true. I think the thing that's going to drive me the most crazy in terms of the the debt to be paid, I'm afraid it will be forgotten, partly because there's just too much work to do to yeah. move forward. And I get it. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, I am, I am definitely that person, you know, when you're wronged, you want people to pay for yeah. <laughs> what they've done yeah. wrong. I feel like some of those guys shouldn't have been allowed to come to the inauguration. Yeah. yeah. A week ago, you said, that this wasn't a legitimate election. Right. So what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why, why are you here celebrating his um, inauguration and, and acting like you're an adult, you know? Or um, would you like to admit to us that that was all a ruse? Is that yeah. what you're trying to tell yeah. us? Yeah, I tell you, masters. one of the more interesting things going on is, is the lawsuits that are happening uh, you know, with Dominion and other of uh, the voting. And I, yeah. and I, you know, I don't think I've ever cheered um, lawsuits like this. I want them to go after the, my pillow guy, the, you know, yeah. all of them. I want them all to just absolutely be quaking that they're going to lose all their money because they, they bought into this bullshit. You mentioned recognizing how, you know, really how stressed we've been for four years. Yeah. And it's the same way with the press conferences, like, to have boring, you, it would normally be frustrating. In this case, boring was like, that was the news, which is very odd and ironic. I really loved what she said, too. She said, you know, when they were asking her questions about, um, you know, where her loyalties lied or something like that. And she said, well, the president works for the American people and I work for the president. Kaylee actually started her first one saying, I'll never lie to you. Of course, that was her first lie. 
um, a mini. I truly forgot that Sean Spicer's first press conference was already horrible. I mean, we, we didn't have the, one moment of normalcy after that inauguration. Yeah, so so Spicer's first one was he had to defend the idea that the, the inauguration crowd was bigger than, than the pictures and the numbers showed. Right. I think it is worth kind of remembering just how completely toxic and uh, abusive these last four years. I mean, we had a press secretary, um, the... <laughs> We shouldn't even call one. it that. We had a lie secretary. <laughs> yeah, right. So we had Spicer and then Huckabee Sanders and then Grissom. Is that right? And I've then, totally forgotten about that one. Like, right, because she never she held didn't a, press, have a press conference. Never once. Right? No. So all she did was simply go to and speak to Fox News about, she just went and lied directly to the source. But, um, <laughs> right. Well, just and then how, I mean, go ahead. I mean, and we found out today, and I'm sure you saw CNN had a thing that, that the Biden people in the first 24 hours, they got in there and, and found out, hey, guess what? There was no plan to roll out the vaccine. There's no plan for them to tweak or to fix or whatever. They're starting from scratch. And several people pointed out, well, there have been vaccinations. So there have been some deliveries there, but there appears to be absolutely no plan to kind of address um, infrastructure issues. <laughs> Is it infrastructure week yet? Infrastructure week. Sorry, that was that was a slip. I mean, but that's coming in two weeks, and along with the healthcare plan, he's going to send it in from Mar-a-Lago. He really doesn't tell that many different lies. He tells them all again and again. And right. Again. You know, there were some that were just banal, and then there were these some that were really toxic. And and I think one that we didn't really highlight mm -hmm. that really did have a toxicity to it in a banal kind of almost benign way was that continual just i've got this great healthcare plan and we'll unroll it in in a couple of weeks and, i mean he did that over and over again to the point that obviously we caught on but there were people out there i think who were still thinking that he was working on a healthcare plan from the day he was trying to dismantle obamacare he didn't understand obamacare the fact that he couldn't come up with even a fix or couldn't even talk about that plan with any kind of knowledge of what he wanted to change was clue number one. We were never getting a plan. He clearly, I mean, what was it early on in the first year? He was, he was having an interview with somebody and he was describing healthcare and it was like, you know, $12 a month. Everyone's like, I think he thinks healthcare is life insurance. <laughs> yeah, it was exactly. That's exactly right. I mean, the thing we learned about him, and again, you know, at some point we'll talk about competence. The contrast is so clear just in the first 24 hours. Oh my gosh. Trump spent his entire life just floating through, and he obviously probably knew something about real estate. I'm not saying he, you know, is lacking in any kind of area. I mean, he's clearly not the negotiator he prided himself at. The, the only thing he actually was good at is being a con man. He was able to sell things that he could get people to buy Trump steaks. Why would you want that? I know. Yeah, exactly. There, You can get perfectly good steaks that uh, probably won't kill you. The thing that was truly amazing too is even after he'd be exposed as being a con man, he could still get away with it. He could still market himself yes. and his brand. It says a lot less about his ability than it does about the public's intelligence. He was able to get away with this shtick in the fairly insular world of New York real estate. 
and then he was in NBC. It's clear that apprentice thing, a show I've never watched, by the way, ever. Yeah. But um, that actually is what gave us this awful president because it sold people on the idea that he was something that he really wasn't. So that was all right. just a that was a manipulated, manufactured image of somebody who was decisive and made, you know, and understood business and everything else. That's that's not who he is. Right. And um, that little TV contract that he got to do that pulled him out of financial hot water. Right. So he right. also wouldn't have even been able to have run for president or done any of that. So we should really just blame NBC. <laughs> yeah, we know that our democracy was ripe to this kind of thing, that we had uh, the the predecessors of people like uh, Sarah Palin and Newt Gingrich and even Mitt Romney. You know, well, don't I'm not going to be fact checked. I mean, so th- this idea that that you you could just sort of bluff your way and, and Mitt Romney knows stuff. He knows policy. He's not, right. he's not an idiot. Sarah Palin is an idiot. Yes. An idiot. And, and who doesn't understand policy and couldn't explain anything before we switch and talk about competence for, for a change. Um, <laughs> I also read, and I'm sure you saw that Trump is actually uh, talking about uh, starting the Patriot party. You know, Trump has floated ideas of things like this and, you know, like there was, he was going to start his own, um, you know, tw- uh, Twitter type, uh, you know, platform, platform, not understanding that, you know, that's not easy to do uh, or to start his own media network. Also not understanding that that's not just something you just grab a camera and it's yeah. not like putting together a podcast. <laughs> 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 we should teach him. A, you, you think anyone can do a podcast? Come right, on. That's we right. are highly trained individuals. It takes, it takes it takes a lot. Of, you can't just you can't just curse like I do uh, without <laughs> practicing. I mean, you're gonna pull a muscle. You're you're not right? gonna be able to. I right. mean, that's why your mom doesn't curse. I mean, I know that she you know thinks that I should curse less, but it's really that Bonnie doesn't want to pull a muscle, and I, I appreciate that, and I applaud her <laughs> for that. I've noticed she's been laughing a little more lately at my comments on Facebook that might include <laughs> the f bomb. That's right. Yeah. In her mind, she would like to just belt out the word fuck really loud. Yes, yes. It, it, and, it, and, I, and I would encourage Bonnie to do that because I think it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's cathartic. It's good for her health. It's true. It's, it's good for your health, right? Yeah, yeah just be us. careful. Just start with just, you know, just, just, just the four letters at first. And then, then you have to work up to it. It takes, it takes practice. It's like type it out a few times. You, <laughs> like you're yelling it online and then you, and then you can actually say it. And it's easier if you have dogs, by the way, because you end up having to curse at them. So, you know, learn it from a good mentor, not just right, anybody. Right. Back to this Patriot Party thing. And this won't surprise you at all. Since the insurrection or auto golpe yeah. or self coup or whatever it is that we're calling this, um, <laughs> Trump's major anger, obviously, he's pissed at Twitter because it's censorship, Lori, right. um, not understanding, you know, anything. When he saw the pictures of the crowd, you know, he was really upset by some of the more ridiculous costumed ones because that looked low class. Right. Uh, Trump, uh, I mean, this is what you have to say about this this family. When they send in an armed insurrection, try to overthrow the, the government, they expect him to look serious. They don't want him to be dressed in, you know, horns and, and, right. and body paint. Um, he was mad about that. And then he was increasingly furious at Republicans for selling him out. So he's, he's hates McConnell. He's now mad at McCarthy, um, you know, who just simply admitted that that Biden was elected. Right. And went to the inauguration. You got to think that if he saw Mike Pence uh, and, and let's let's not lose track of the fact that he had a little uh, self-congratulatory uh, 
sob fest with his with his family early yesterday morning and he was inviting people who hate his fucking guts that's how desperate he was to have a crowd he he had he invited scaramucci <laughs> who has been bad mouthing him non-stop you know so i i mean it's kind of it's pathetic you know mike pence didn't show up at that little thing probably because he thought he'd be hung my point is actually in the middle of some of this levity there is an interesting that we've been talking about the possibility uh, of splitting off some people. I mean, the Proud Boys are evidently really pissed at Trump, you know, and the QAnon people are like, what the fuck? He was supposed to arrest all these people, you know, and we were talking about this in terms of that plug and play kind of idea that you can just simply take this, this maniacal, insane, uninformed, batshit crazy crowd and just attach them to whoever you decide. You know, it's it's like it's like a fantasy yeah. football team. You know, you just plug in somebody and whatever they get, they get. They've made a calculation, but it was a poor one. They attached themselves to Trump, but then they didn't really go all in. McCarthy and Cruz show up to the inauguration without saying it, of course, acknowledged that they were lying. Do you think Trump is going to reward that? No way. I really hope that someday Mike Pence grows a, a spine and just will simply talk openly about what happened i don't know if he will but trump thinking he's going to start an online platform thinking he's going to start a party trump is going to be in court for the next two years i'm I, sure god will <laughs> so, these republicans coming behind trump are troubling ted cruz he's not going anywhere as president he has the personality of a rock a guy could not possibly take over trump's base there, there is serious trouble with Josh Hawley. Mm. I think he has that young, vibrant, good-looking, attractive in today's media. Yeah. And so even though he's also batshit crazy, he has that ability to kind of have that charisma, but also maybe not sound quite so, so nuts like mm. Ted Cruz has. I but he is nuts. He is, there is, there was an opinion piece in the New York Times the Roots of Josh Hawley's Rage. And you'll love this. It is white evangelical bullshit. And he wrote an editorial in Christianity Today back in June 2019. Basically gets at this idea that God is above all. So God is over the Constitution. And so if push comes to shove, you know, God's rule comes over the Constitution. And by the way, God has some, some messengers and I'm one of them. He'll have that ability to kind of attract that same crazy white evangelical crowd. Do you, do you think he actually believes that he's he's the uh, uh, messenger from God or does he just see this? I mean, he strikes me as incredibly calculating. I don't think he believes it like that, like he is some sort of true messenger, but he 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 understands that that's a way to sell it. Right. And so. Right. There is what you're describing about this, this God being above uh, the Constitution is is dominionism, you know, that, that's been around for a long time. And these people that want to Im impose a theocratic state based right. on their view of white Christianity, and it is white Christianity. Then there's this white nationalism. You know, Trump, of course, himself couldn't fake his way through a Bible verse, any of them, you know, uh, two Corinthians walk into a bar um, <laughs> Obviously, there was that section of that you're describing about the, the godly ordained kind of people who certainly followed Trump and they and they figured out something to make sense of that. And then there were all these people. And the QAnon stuff is some of that, 
has certainly percolated into Christian churches. We know that from, yeah. from, from the reporting. Some of it wasn't. Some of that proud boy white supremacist stuff was definitely Christian nationalism, but some of it was just plain old racist assholes, you know, um, <laughs> yeah. that kind of thing. And so that Trump base is not just one thing. A woman who was killed in, in, the, in the insurrection, she voted for Obama. We had people who were Bernie supporters in 2016 that when he lost out, they were so pissed at Hillary that they switched and voted for for Trump. And that makes zero sense to me. That makes absolutely zero fucking sense to me because there's no policy connection whatsoever there. None. All- That's, I mean, it's personality. I agree. This, this election was actually the most reaffirming in recent years for people voting for a philosophy over a personality. You're exactly right in the sense that it was the most interesting election in that sense. When push came to shove, we, you know, we were perfectly happy to vote for him because we were voting for competence, for sanity, for a good human being, for, for some kind of into this massive corruption. If out of this, we, we get rid of this cult of the personality kind of thing, I'd be happy with that because I know there were people who voted for Obama who did so based on that kind of cult like there was a it was much smaller and it was much less less problematic. But there were people who were so drawn yeah, no. to the idea of voting. He's good looking. He was the first black president. There was that kind of stuff as opposed to saying, well, yeah, he's actually competent and he, he knew what he was talking about. And if he didn't know, he was going to find out and hire good people. That's that's what you and I care about. But and I think this election, not only were we vote were people who voted for Biden, not just voting for decency and empathy and all those things we did, you know, we certainly saw out of him that were the exact opposite of what we've had. Over the evolution of his campaign, he showed us that he can really become more progressive. And so I think a lot of Democrats not only just felt like, yes, I'm I'm voting for him because I'm voting for competence and decency, we're also voting for really the progressive things that a lot of people want a move toward more aggressive climate change policies mm-hmm. and a move toward healthcare for all and a move toward a transportation infrastructure that's gonna highlight green energy. We saw Biden as a 78 year old white man be able to understand the progressive leaning of the party and move that direction. And I think that really got a lot of Democrats excited, not just to vote against Trump, although clearly there was a big- yes element of that but excited to vote for a much more progressive government i agree with that completely i was thinking about in his inauguration address yesterday he highlighted climate change right at the beginning he talked about more inclusive talked about the border pete Buttigieg is absolutely killing it in the senate i mean even you know other senators are like you're putting on a clinic on how to actually do this this kind of competence and intelligence by the time he hits the ground running, you know that he will have actually built a train in his backyard. I mean, he, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, life size, not not right. not a toy train. When I first found out he was being tapped for transportation secretary, I was a little disappointed. Yeah. But as I thought about it, I'm like, no, this is brilliant. He gets it about the need to protect our earth. You know, that means our transportation secretary is going to be really focused on how to how to make this better how to incorporate public transportation and to do it not just from a green energy standpoint but from fairness i had this thought running through my head by the way on monday with martin luther king day uh, i was thinking about out that racial justice and economic justice are they're linked 
transportation has historically cover up the poor areas or they divide them off from the wealthier right. areas and make it very difficult to get over there to go to work or whatever. I, I agree with you completely on, on all those points. I mean, about Pete as being a brilliant choice there, but also about Biden. And, and if you look back, and I'm, I'm sure there are going to be a lot of books written on this ability for Biden to kind of sidestep what Bernie could not have done with because they, they, Bernie calls himself a socialist. So that would have been the easy one to say. It was really hard to say that Joe Biden was a socialist. I mean, they right. said it, but it's hard for anybody to take it seriously. And so we would just laugh and laugh and laugh. So Biden was able to kind of uh, appeal to exactly that. Those people who might be really afraid of socialism, afraid of some kind of radical uh, wide eyed. And, and as much as I love uh, Elizabeth Warren, you know that she was my person. She has this real intensity about her that I could see, you know, maybe scaring people, especially who maybe hadn't examine their own misogyny and you know some of these things and then as you said and i think that's exactly right uh was able to actually pull in a lot of the more progressive uh wings i mean i hope that they do a, even more of a, a good job of that with with aoc uh, there's a piece in the washington post about my own representative joe nagoose he replaced uh, jared polis who went on to be her first gay governor nagoose is actually out there really on the progressive wing of the party, working really closely with AOC and some of the other people, getting along with Nancy Pelosi. A lot of signs of him doing that or Kamala being willing to do that and, and, and bringing in people like Pete, I think really helps with that. I mean, when it comes right down to it, I understand people's concern. I understand the older generation's concern. I understand some people that's like, I don't want to completely shift to a completely new radical revolutionary kind of system. I, I, I'm, I don't want too much change. And, and you and I are in agreement that, I mean, there's some things that we just simply have to address. We cannot sit around and act like climate change isn't real. I still want conservative voices. I want people who, because conservatism in a kind of historic sense was caution and saying traditions aren't necessarily bad and that we need to be slow to actually make drastic moves. I think that's a valid, valid place to be. And it's worth noting here that what we've experienced that's been called conservatism has been actually reactionary. These are people who actually are perfectly fine in blowing shit up in terms of institutions. And we saw that with, you know, the, the attack on the Capitol. So Biden, you know, I'm, I, I think this is a lot of the mix of all the things that, that make the Democratic Party strong. And, you know, everybody on the news that I saw yesterday about the in, in, inauguration was talking about it was really well done. You know, we had Jennifer Lopez uh, speaking in Spanish and then Lady Gaga and then having that that young poet uh, amazingly stand up there, that kind of diversity. And then everybody said, look, and his cabinet looks more like America. I'm happy about that. Absolutely. I just loved how they did it. I, Amanda Gorman, <laughs> amazing. The words were brilliant, but her performance of it was phenomenal. She ended up finishing her poem after the insurrection, like she'd kind of been struggling really just to kind of make sure she was meeting the moment. You know, she knows she's doing this for the inauguration. This is a big deal. Watching an insurrection unfold real time, a terrible time for America, but we didn't get here just in four years and we didn't just land here today. This has been things we have created, but we can also get out of it. When you read her poem, and you read the words, you realize just how powerful every word in there was and how genuinely she was feeling that. And when she performed it, and it was a performance, you know, she wasn't just reading it, it comes through. And I just love the last line. And if we're brave enough to be it, 
be the best Americans we know to be. I found it so inspirational, like all of the anxiety of Trump and all of the, the worry about what we have to come with these idiot Republicans. It was in the background. It's like, you know what? We have people like her who will help energize us. We have good people like Biden who are unafraid of making change, even at age 78. When you look back at his career, he's always been at the forefront of leading for good. And that is exactly what we need. And he has people around him and he was smart enough to follow through with this promise to put people around him who reflect America, people of color, transgender people, people of different ages. He did put people of difference across our government. That is truly the answer. I mean, when you try to look at how you fix this, the answer is you start within and you use people who are going to be the right change. You start there and you push out. In spite of all the disaster we had in the last four years and specifically in the last few months, you said this very well one time, our democracy was maybe more fragile than we, than we anticipated, but it was also stronger than we ultimately thought it could be. We have people with eyes wide open right now, ready to tackle this. And so I, I am actually as optimistic as I've ever been, <laughs> even in spite of the nonsense we just recently had. Yeah, and I, it, one of the things that I uh, liked what you just said there at the end, one of the things I think Democrats have, have failed, and I, you and I have both, I think, confessed to this, I voted in every election I've been able to, but there have been some local elections where I'm like, oh, fuck, I don't know, <laughs> you know. There were times when I was good at that, at reaching out. What are the issues here? What do I need to learn about this? I need to get involved. I need to certainly vote. Historically, Democrats have, you know, they have a success and win. And then it's like, hey, we're good. All right. Everything's OK. And we'll just let our good people do what they do. And the Republicans actually go back to building and building and building and organizing. I was texting a brother-in-law uh, yesterday and I was like, I, I don't even know what to do. And he said, we'll celebrate and then roll up your sleeve. <laughs> you no. Know? And that's and that's exactly yeah. what I'm hearing from yeah. just about everybody. Absolutely. We should celebrate this. We should highlight why we like a boring press conference that is fact-filled. We, we should highlight why that's amazing. And, and we should talk about the diversity in this cabinet. And we should talk about the competence of people like Pete and others. We should absolutely enjoy that and, and, and do that. But then we should also, all of us, just because we won this election, we're, we're not taking the next two years off because we've got to get ready for, for 2022. Back to work. After 2018, rather than be, you know, feeling like, whew, okay, it kind of was like, hey, that worked. Look at yeah. what, look at what it did. Yeah. We did actually, you know, get some people in the house who we, who we never thought we could have. Well, yeah. I mean, after even November, it's like, well, we got the January election to deal with the runoff in Georgia. And even though we weren't in Georgia, I know people all over the country got involved in that, that effort. Yeah. The good thing it really is too fragile to let it just kind of go on its own because that leaves it open for crazy town to come in. <laughs> and that's what yeah. we got. I've been listening to Brene Brown um, 
or I did the other day and her most recent podcast is really, really good on, and I'm thinking about this in the context of the impeachment. And I'm thinking about this in context of conversations I've had with people. She's, you know, a PhD in social work, and she's done a lot of research on this. And the thing she says is that shaming people may make those of us who are shaming them feel good, but it doesn't actually accomplish the action that we want. And as she pointed out, those people that took over the Capitol have probably a lot of shame. Uh, it's not that they're yeah. lacking in that, but what they're lacking in is accountability. And so that's the thing I'm hoping, I'm hoping to model myself in my discussions with other people. I'm not sure I will always be there, mind you, because you know me, I tend to get at times a little angry, uh, <laughs> but I'm, I'm really trying. And uh, this is what I think about with Trump is like, you know, if, if, if people want to frame this as vindictiveness or, or just, you know, uh, because we hate him, I mean, that's true. I, I do hate him. And, and I, but, but this is about accountability because, because honestly, this is not just about him uh, as, as he never understood during his presidency. This is about whoever tries this next. Accountability should matter. When you stand up on the House floor or the Senate floor and actually say and, and echo a big lie that leads to people dying, that should matter. And people should hold you accountable. They don't have to call you names or shame you, but they can say, no, that's wrong. And by the way, it's undemocratic and you need to actually be punished for that because that's, yeah. that's what this is. Is that there were a whole bunch of people that went to that Capitol thinking and, and everybody was talking about that they were pretty clear that they were going to get away with it. And a lot of them just thought that if they, if things went bad, that they would get a pardon from Trump because that's what they expected. And we had people openly calling for that. Uh, the, the, I have to say one of the funnier images, and I know it makes me a vindictive person, but watching the Trump children tear up, I was sitting there thinking, are they crying because daddy's sad or are they crying because they're like, we might be in real trouble here. Something you highlighted earlier um, they're going to jail. That's why they're jail. Crying. Or, I mean, you know, these kids are, are looking at, at trying to figure out how to, you know, sustain business ventures that may in fact be in real serious jeopardy, uh, facing legal liability. Um, I and so. you know, as Jared and Ivanka seem to keep, uh, we steep here and there, they're, they don't know where they're going to be welcome. So they're all moving to Florida. I think, which we all kind of agree with all due respect to, to the pose, uh, to Gary and Christy and yeah. our friends in Florida. Um, this goes back to why I have said that once we get the technology, we should saw Florida out and push it out to sea so we can keep it contained. I, I don't think it's that, I'm, it's not, it's not that radical. You can still fly, you can still use boats, but just, we just need to. Well, I think all we have to do is get a Sharpie and just cut it off. Right. <laughs> Even it was good to chat in a day that we didn't have to even have to talk ourselves into being in a better mood. It's time for a state sale, a podcast on American democracy, because America is better than this. Bernie Sanders memes that came up. Oh my gosh, so good. There was there was one that, that only people that lived in Norman, Oklahoma would get. But I mean, there's a restaurant in Oklahoma that um, we were there for 24 years. It was under construction when we moved there and was still under construction when we left. It was like this <laughs> on this little bitty pond and it looked like it was, you know, trying to be a seafood restaurant or something like that. It's one of the weird and everybody kind of knows this, this running joke. And so 
So it looks like a, you know, like a seafood restaurant on a dock kind of thing. And so somebody had one with Bernie sitting on that dock. <laughs> I oh, just about lost God. it. This one, yeah. I'm, do you see the one at the last supper? That's great. No, I have seen one. There's one with Springsteen's born to run. You know how he's kind of, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To somebody and he's talking, <laughs> talking to Bernie, which is, yes. cool. I saw everyone I'd see, I'd be like, oh, that's my favorite. Then I was like, no, that's <laughs> my favorite. Wait, nope, nope. He's, that's he's kind favorite. of the quintessential, you know, kind of angry old man who's like, exactly. I think that's right, what so I got to mail this letter, but I'll <laughs> stop here for a little bit. I, know. <laughs> I mean, now that I looked it up and now I'm seeing just even more funny ones that are even better. There he goes. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> oh my God. This one's good too. I think the moon, that moon one's good. The moon one's fantastic. Look at this one. <laughs> I don't know what that's from, but I just like the same. Perfect. Oh my Lord. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. <laughs> oh my God. That one may win. I think that's that gonna be one, my background right now. That one may win. We're, Trump screaming at him. You know that one where he's like yelling at at the lawn. Yeah, <laughs> oh Bernie's sitting. <laughs> that is awesome. Sitting next to Chris Christie. There's a good one. There we one. go. There we go. <laughs> that's internet memes colliding on both of those. I know. Oh, there is. Oh, that's some genius right there. Oh, I love actually that that just that uh, this could have been an email. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh man. Oh, Bernie. He is a national treasure. Yeah. Right. 